Retrievers. Today, you have reached the Leftover Pieces podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 24, and I am Melissa, your host. Today is one of my solo episodes. We're going to go down the rabbit hole where I share my own thoughts on topics related to or relevant to the suicide loss space. Today, I'm going to share a bit of my own experience. Since losing my son Alex to suicide in 2016, I have been through almost five years of birthdays, holidays, dreaded dates, and even just general remembrances. And I'd like to share some of what I have done and what I do for these days or dates and why because I know that at least for myself I really grappled with what to do on a lot of these dates the first year and then honestly since then the first couple years afterwards just as much it's not quite as hard now to figure out what to do but I'll share why because it's not any easier either so the first year that Alex was gone in 2016 he died in August and so the very first holiday that came was Halloween which I know probably sounds like a silly holiday to bring up and normally a lot of people wouldn't even think about that especially because I didn't have little kids at home anymore so I hadn't even decorated for Halloween for a number of years and that year I won't go into detail but I went all out I probably made dozen trips or more to the Hobby Lobby and places like that, the Halloween store. And I didn't decorate with pumpkins and, you know, purple and orange spiders or anything. I did a full-on dining room spread. I even had a sideboard table filled with old apothecary bottles that my husband and I aged and put labels on to look like they were from like a witch's table or or lab, you know, they said poison and, um, you know, like eye of newt and different things like that. I changed out the photos in my mantle to like witches from covens and it wasn't dark. It was just adult. I know that sounds weird, but it was, um, it was like something you would maybe see in a movie set and the table was decorated and it seemed a bit crazy when I was even even when I was doing it but without going into a lot of detail all I'm going to tell you is that I questioned it briefly in the middle of it and my husband just said if it's making you feel better I really don't care why you're doing it and the reason it was making me feel better is because Halloween was a holiday that Alex and I really enjoyed together we were the two in the family that enjoyed scary movies and paranormal investigation and all of those types of things and so for whatever reason that year that made me feel very close to him and I was just kind of on autopilot and I'm sure people around me thought I was losing it but the moral of the story for me there is I look back now and that helped me survive in that third month I was still so in shock and I was dreading the actual holiday season so much that that allowed me to pour myself into something and really feel a little bit closer to Alex. So I realize Halloween probably won't be it for everybody. But if you find yourself doing something, um, a project or, you know, going all out for something and you question it, I encourage you that if it's something that feels 
good or cathartic or makes you feel close to your loved one, just do it. So then right after that was the actual holiday season. And I would be lying if I told you there was any part of me that wanted to participate. I wanted nothing more than to get to January 1st and just not have the holidays that year. But here's the reality. I wasn't the only one that lost Alex. I wasn't the only one that hurt. And everybody needed to have some form of holiday season together. So I won't even pretend like it was graceful. I Thanksgiving, which normally we had done a huge spread, I agreed to just do a turkey. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I cooked. I'm a retired chef for anybody that doesn't know. And I didn't cook. Um, I think my husband did a turkey. I think we might have done some green beans. And I think maybe stuffing. I could not do mashed potatoes to save my life. They were Alex's favorite. And he always made them every year. When we typically used to do an entire huge spread. So... We kept it simple, but we got together. I believe we did. Um, we had um, some friends that were very, very close to us, um, just my best girlfriend and her children. And we had celebrated many Thanksgivings together over the years. So it was it was having family around the table, and we actually took turns um, not only saying something that we were thankful for, but we all shared a memory of Alex and I did set a place for him and we lit these, we each wrote um, something to Alex and lit them on these little, they were called wishing papers. You can look them up. It's called, I think they're called wishing papers and you can write something on there to your loved one. And it sounds weird, but you light it on fire and it, it flies, it kind of goes up in the air. And as it goes up, it turns to ash and just kind of disappears. It's, it's, pretty cool. So we did that um, on Christmas. Again, I wanted it to just go away. So I think Christmas Eve, we finally put up a tree. I told my husband who was, you know, he's just so good. He, he told me we could do whatever I needed to do. I had one granddaughter at the time and I couldn't bear the thought of her not seeing a tree. So Christmas Eve together, he helped me put up our smallest tree in the den so that we could put um, a Santa sack under it for her and have gifts for her. I don't even know if I bought gifts for anybody and I'm not sure any of us really remember that Christmas. So the moral of that story is do what you have to to get through the holidays. Take it easy on yourself. Talk to each other about what you need from each other that holiday season and get through it the best that you can. And, you know, for some families that means they stick firmly to the traditions they've always had and others deviate completely. We kind of deviated completely because that's what we needed to do. And we've spent the year since trying to form new traditions. And I have kept small parts of our holidays, like our stockings, but for the most, and I still put Alex's stocking out and I still sometimes put little trinkets in it. But beyond that, we've, we've worked on kind of forming the holidays in a different way because all of our lives are changed. So to make the holidays look the same for us as a family 
didn't make sense. And that doesn't mean it doesn't make sense to do it the same for other families. That's kind of my, my moral of the story with that is do what makes sense for you. And then, so after that, the next thing to probably come in our year of first was Alex's birthday. Besides our own birthdays, and I, you know, that doesn't really matter. You, you do what you do there. But Alex's birthday that first year, I decided to have kind of, I don't want to call it a party, but we invited all of his closest friends, closest family, and we decided we were going to celebrate Alex's birthday. It's easy to think of celebrating the day that they were born. And so we did that. We um, actually combine it with the installation of his bench at the cemetery. We, we did get a plot at the cemetery, even though my son was cremated. And because of winter, we waited to have the bench installed for his birthday that year in June. We didn't want to try to have it installed in the, the cold of the winter and have some sort of a ceremony out there when, when it was so cold. So I combined it with his birthday. We all met for the installation. Well, the, the bench was already installed, but we all met at the bench so everybody could see it and know where it was located. And I did um, place a small urn of ashes inside of the bench. I have kept the predominant amount. And then we also did a ceremony. Well, okay. Nobody officiated it, so calling it a ceremony probably isn't fair. But I spoke, um, Parker spoke, my daughter spoke, and we, we kind of all just thanked everybody for their support. We said some things about Alex. One of Alex's friends showed up with, who was a musician, and played a um, on the flute a song that we had had in his funeral from Disney, and we, I had got together a bunch of rocks and I had everybody um, paint, um, I might have gotten paint markers, messages to Alex on the rocks. And I had a jar that I put there beside his bench that everybody could put the messages in. And that day I also gave six sharing urns uh, full of ashes, small urns full of ashes to the six people in his life that I felt still needed a piece of him to carry on and it it just felt like the right thing to do and so the, that that's kind of falls under the remembrance category as well as birthday we had everybody back to the house and we made it very simple but we had hot dogs and hamburgers and I had balloons you know and we had birthday cake and we celebrated and it, at dusk we all set off balloons which Please don't comment on the environmental safety of balloons. I've, I've now since stopped releasing balloons. But the first couple of years, we did release balloons on important dates. And, quite, and most of the time, we would tie a message to it or write a message on the balloon. And that's something that that or the paper lanterns that are environmentally friendly that disintegrate. There's plenty of things that you can do. And there's something... If you haven't done anything like that for your loved one, there is something very cathartic about releasing something. So whether it's writing something and burning it at a safe location or, you know, uh, there are balloons that are safe to release into the environment. There are also uh, little 
uh, things that you can release onto the water that go away. Um, and there's something very cathartic about sending off messages and love um, into the atmosphere or out into the water. And so something like that I have found to be very healing. Before I finish up with some of the things that I do every day or to date to maybe keep Alex with me or remember Alex at certain times, I want to kind of touch base on the hardest one, at least for me, which is the day that he died. Um, that date could just not exist, right? So the only advice I have for that date is to do what feels right because I tried to over plan the first couple of years it didn't always turn out for me to be very healthy and so what I've learned to do is to come up with what I feel like I want to do for the day and every year has been a little bit different but I always want to do something to remember Alex and my day is just full of him in my heart and it's heavy and it's hard so I've learned to do a couple things one if at all possible I don't plan to work or anything like that if you're employed you might want to take the day off I plan ahead of time and just plan to have no hard commitments that day and then as far as my plan what I try to do is if I think there's something I want to do, I let my husband and or the people around me that are involved know what I want to do. And then I allow myself to be flexible. Like I don't make anything hard and set in stone because I have found out that I might think I want to go get one of his favorite foods like tacos and spend the day out doing things that make me think of Alex and then the day gets there and all I want to do is sit in front of the TV or cry or watch videos of him. It's changed a little bit every year. But when I had locked myself into something and didn't f one year and felt like I didn't have an out, it was quite honestly not good for any of us. So it works better if I just stay flexible. This is one of those days the day that our loved one left the earth that we just need to give ourselves a really wide berth and this is where a lot of that grace and space comes into play I think I'll finish up today by just talking a little bit about remembering Alex in general and what I do with regards to that there's not a day goes by that I don't think of my children all of them multiple times so Alex isn't any different and because so much of what I do is around suicide loss and stigma it is always with me so some of the things I do to remember Alex or memorialize his life are I do have um, his urn and so around his urn you know I have some things now I don't have it in the middle of the house or anything everybody's different about this like some people want to have a giant altar space and you need to do what's good for you I personally have it in a space that is more private to myself 
it's in my office it's a spare bedroom but we don't have very many people that come to stay so it's in my office in a space that I can come to but it doesn't feel like it's in the center of the household because at least for me it was something that I just wanted to be a little more personal and I changed the things that are there as I feel the need I also have a small wooden box beside my bed that just has a bunch of little I don't know trinkets in there things that were Alex's things that I have found since he's died that I know that he placed there even some little trinkets or things that I have bought just because I know he would have liked them and I'm his mom so now I put them in that box since I don't have him to give them to and I've also had some glass blown pieces made that have some of his ashes in them one of them sits on a lighted base and it illuminates and just makes this beautiful colorful pattern on the ceiling when it's on its lighted base it's like a paperweight had a necklace made for my daughter um, I've had another paperweight made with some of his ashes and it can be very comforting to hold those or to look at them I also have a silver teardrop necklace that I wear almost every day that has some of Alex's ashes in the necklace so in the little teardrop so that I feel that little presence with him uh, with me all the time I do keep a candle near a picture of his that I light often. I actually suggest battery-operated candles for this because they, the batteries only have to be changed about once a month, but they, Hobby Lobby sells ones that are on a timer, and it literally can come on like uh, when you get home from work and go off about six hours later every day, and you don't have to worry about whether you've blown out the candle and things like that. So I know that there's probably nothing earth-shattering in the things that I've shared, but if you're struggling to know what to do, sometimes just hearing somebody else that's been there talk about it helps a little bit, helps us either give us permission to do what we need to do. I'm, I'm giving you that. That's, this is your permission. But also might give you some ideas of what you could do. And I would love to hear any of the traditions or remembrances or rituals that you all have adopted since losing your loved one. Please feel free to message me in the comments on Instagram or privately on Instagram or through the comments on the podcast. I appreciate this community more than I can possibly say. My heart and thoughts are with each and every one of you. Let's talk again soon.